It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Oh, it's a busy Friday. That is for sure. High school playoffs round two. We've got Glenn Rogers all standing by. He'll talk about his team. MUS, they're back in action after a bye. we got a lot of games to talk about. Lots of Memphis area teams still in and looking for the quarterfinals. Then um, the Grizzlies return to action tonight at home against Utah, looking for their first win home. Andy Schiffman will talk all NBA. Our agent in Chicago from Priority Sports will chime in. The Tigers go to Missouri. They play at 8 o'clock tonight. It's their first real test of the year. The Lady Tigers, by the way, won their home opener last night. You know, they sold a record of season tickets. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say this is amazing. The, the, the seat place seats about 1,700. They sold 300 season tickets, though. So, you know, you're always getting walk-ups. So you're starting to get this place half-filled for these games. And the way they played last night, if they can do that on a regular basis, now Alabama State is not exactly a powerhouse, and they play at Tennessee on Monday. That'll be a little different. But uh, if they play the kind of brand they played last night, hitting threes, transition, pressing, turning teams over, uh, sharing the ball, uh, I, I, I think they will continue to have good crowds because they're fun to watch. Alex Simmons gets her first win as the Tiger head coach, and she wore a jersey last night. Like, that's the first time I've ever seen a coach. Like, it was a fancy not the University of Memphis team jersey, but it looked like a jersey with double zeros. Kind of neat. Interesting. Anyway, maybe that'll be a new-fashioned trend. The football Tigers take off for their first ever meeting against Charlotte tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure, Zach Boyd, why this is. But the Tigers opened as 11-point favorites on my device, my phone, the score app that I've got. It's down to nine. I guess the question would be, they're thinking, will Hennigan be the quarterback? And I will tell you, we won't know until kickoff time in Charlotte because that's the way things are. Coaches are pairing on this very airwaves. On Greg and Eli, Ryan Silverfield said, depth charts are useless. And that's the philosophy his team has. Uh, he 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 made one change this week. He put Hennigan or Tevin Carter. Yeah. I think they have switched because of injury. I, I, I will give them that. A lot of schools don't. They got a guy that's injured. They keep that. Once that depth chart is there, it's that's it. They lock it in for the for the whole year. Uh, and that has become the philosophy. It used to be that uh, schools really kept those things up to date and they were important. They're not anymore. Game notes really aren't important anymore. Websites are important. That's where you tend to get most of your information. That seems to be the emphasis that athletic directors have directed their uh, SIDs to to uh, really spend most of their time on. So that that's the real world now. But um, coaches over the years, and maybe it's because of the big money now and because you're making so much you get fired quicker, they, they, they've become more paranoid, and they just don't trust anything or anybody and reveal nothing. And, and nothing was worse than what we saw at UAB. When their starting quarterback came out for warm-ups, and then when the game started, he was in street clothes. Now, that is absolute Trent Dilfer deceit. And I, I think that's wrong. I'd love to see college go to what the NFL does with probability, uh, so you're possible, probable, uh, or out. Three or four categories. And at least be honest and, and and address it instead of just ignore it and say, ah, we'll see at game time. That's just the way uh, it all works. Uh, anyway, we are busy today, as I mentioned. So we've got Glenn, we've got Andy Schiffman, Brian Dacus. We'll end the day talking about the Tiger hoops at Missouri and a little bit about the football game. Tigers are three and a half point underdogs at Missouri. I, I like the Tigers, I got to tell you. I... Well, this is the first real test, so we really get a better sense of it. Connor Vanover, their 7'5 guy who's really going to be a factor on that team, 
not playing. They didn't play a 7-2 guy. He could play tonight. He didn't play in the first game. They're deep. They shoot threes. They're a little like Memphis. They're going to score points. They had 100 in their first game. I think it was Arkansas Pine Bluff. It wasn't a major player here, but they got to the 100 points. So this will be fun. I think it is on the SEC Network. And uh, you can enjoy that game, the first real test for the Tigers. All right, on Fridays, we do a thing called Pick 6. They're brought to you in part by Family Leisure, where the clearance sale is still hot and heavy. And, like, you really need to take advantage because they're trying to clear out all of the overstock inventory, and there's a lot. Select patio sets, 50% off. Play gyms, two grand. If you would like to close your pool, 30% off on all those things. It's going on right now, probably for another week or two. It's the overstock sale at Family Leisure. And you know the title sponsor of this program and has been for a long, long time. It's Genesis of Olive Branch, right there at the corner of Craft Road and Highway 78. That's Lamar. Turn left. Go hello. say hello to Chris True. And understand the experience is so good, the customer retention. At Genesis of Olive Branch in the Homer Skelton building, by the way, is as good as anything. I mean, they—they they, if you're a customer once, you're a customer forever because they take care of you. And right now, go see Vinny Gerard. He's over the Genesis cars. They got special pricing and financing on the SUV, the luxury SUV of Genesis, the uh, GV70 and the GV80. <laughs> once you've sat in one of those cars, taking it for a test drive, you'll be hooked. If you like new technology, they got it at Genesis of Olive Branch. All right, real quick, let's do our pick six. I'm 39 and 19 and four. Zach, right around the 500 number. You ready, Mr. Boyd? I am ready. All right, let's go with Michigan State. I'm, I'm rather Michigan minus four at Penn State. Really, the first test for Michigan, it is at Penn State. I, I have always been a fan of John of Jim Harbaugh until the last year. I'm no longer a fan of Jim Harbaugh, but I know he's a good coach. I know he's got a lot of talent. They haven't been tested, but they're going to beat Penn State. I, I will give away the four. Give me Michigan. Give me Michigan as well. All right. They got something to prove. I think the players really want to take, take the heart to all of it. I, I'm with you. Tennessee is at Missouri. Tennessee is a two-point favorite. Missouri's for real, folks. This is a pretty even game. And Missouri is getting two at home. I think they should be a field goal favorite in the game because I think it's a pick em game and they're at home. So that's like getting five. I'm taking Missouri. Taking Missouri boost the Tigers' resume. You are. Okay. You're with us. Ole Miss at Georgia. Here's another team that is going to face Georgia that hasn't lost. That winning streak at home for Georgia, the winning streak period is still going. It will continue, but it's an 11-point line. I think Ole Miss is pretty darn good. I mean, I I, I think I think they're real good. And I I think they're going to they're going to hang. I think 11 points is about 3 or 4 too many. So, I'm going to take Ole Miss. I think Georgia wins the game. Give me Georgia. All right, we differ, and I, I understand that. I think most of the people are going that way. Then I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in an AAC game because I don't understand this line. North Texas has a really good quarterback and a really good offense, and they score a lot of points. I know SMU with their coach, Lashley, and their personnel, they score a lot. They've been in the 50s a couple of times, but they have to give away 19 and a half. I think SMU is going to win that game in Dallas to set up that showdown with the Tigers next week. I do. But I, 19 and a half, that's bizarre. Something crazy about that line, I'm, I'm, I'm being a sucker here. I think that's way too many. I'm taking North Texas. That's the same way. When I, saw the, when I saw the number, I was like, yeah, that's too many points. Yeah. And I think the Tigers were favored, what, 14, 15 points against North Texas? Uh, it was somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, it's, and it was cl- much closer. Oh, no, yeah, they, because they score. They got a, That quarterback of theirs is really good. Yeah, so, so give me North Texas. I'm with you. All right, so we agree on three of four. In the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, road dogs, minus three. They go to Jacksonville. I think the Jags are for real. And at home, they're getting points. Give me Jacksonville. I'm taking San Fran because their offensive line, uh, the Jaguars' offensive line has taken a hit. They added Chase Young to their defensive line. Yeah. 
uh, Randy Gregory was a midseason signing for them. Or the, actually, he was another trade as well, another defensive end. So, yeah, give me give, give me San Fran. I've been a Niners fan, but they have struggled. They've made they, these moves. Let's see, but sometimes it takes time. We'll see. We'll see. So Debo, we differ on that supposed one. to be playing this week as well. So Detroit goes to L.A. To play the Chargers, the Lions are for real. Their road dogs getting three. I like Detroit in this game. Give me Detroit as well. All right. So we differ on two. Very good. And those are our picks. Let's let's talk some high school football. Let's get our coach who's been our coach for a long, long time. That is the pride of MUS. That would be Glenn Rogers Jr. Good morning, my friend. You've got a game after a bye. You got Knoxville Catholic. You are the overwhelming favorite. Catholic has lost five of their last seven. Good morning. Good morning, Dave, and hi to all our listeners. How you doing? I'm, I'm so fired up and ready to go. It's been a long time since we played. I know the boys are anxious and uh, all the coaches are anxious, but it should be an exciting night. The rain is stopping. I, I'm just ready for some football. I, I, I know all our kids are. What have you got to do against Knoxville Catholic? Well, number one, they got a guy that does everything, Dave. He plays wildcat quarterback, receiver, all-purpose return guy. So we, we got to really focus on where he's lined up at. Uh, this young man has a, a offer from Tennessee last week. He was committed to Wofford. And then uh, offensively, we got to score points. Our quarterback, Brady Hughes, has done an amazing job. Uh, it's just been a pleasure to see him develop as a young man and as a quarterback this year. And I think he's been a big reason why we've been so successful this year because he's been able to throw the football and take care of the ball and then with his legs uh, run us out of trouble when we need to. All right. Um, let's pick some games now. We've got a bunch. Collierville, eight and three at Houston, nine and two. The Mustangs dominated the Dragons, forty-two twenty-eight, two weeks ago. I don't see any any reason to change your mind on that one. No, you know, you know, Collierville went on the road and uh, pulled off a close, tough victory last week up in Clarksdale, Tennessee. Which you, uh, by you the know, way, picked wrong. I, I, so you I know. did. I did. I, that was my only pick wrong, Dave. <laughs> But they, they uh, you know, Aiden Glover got hurt that game, so their backup quarterback came in and did an amazing job picking up that win. But, but like you said, Dave, Houston, I tell you, we, we've been talking about Houston all year in their schedule. Uh, they, they played a tough, rugged schedule. That, that's why I think their team is poised and ready to make a good, long playoff run. And, I, and I'm giving a nod to Houston. I think that, that aggr- the aggressive defense, that style of defense that they play is going to cause some problems tonight, and uh, Houston is going to march on to the next round. Bartlett eight and three at Germantown, the number one team in the area. Perfect at eleven and zero. They faced each other regular season, and it was the Red Devils over the Panthers, forty four twenty. Again, I don't see what would change. Yeah, and you know that game was close early on. I think Bartlett had a lead one point, but then you know Germantown came out. They got so many weapons. They got two guys in the backfield with a thousand yards, and then the defense is probably one of the toughest defenses uh, in this area, and so. You know, Gene Robinson has done an excellent job, and I think you know it, it'll be a, a little bit closer ball game. But I think Gene has enough firepower to pull it out and keep marching to the next round. Beach seven and four at Southwind, another area perfect team making the Super Twenty Five in the last couple of weeks. But you know, Beach was six A last year, so they're moving down, which is beneficial to them. How do you think this game breaks down? It could be close. Yeah, it could be. And, you know, Beach has always been a, a, a real powerhouse program, but Coach Griffin has done an amazing job with his team this year. His dual-threat quarterback, they're playing really, really tough defense. Uh, and, you know, Beach has to make the trip down in, so I'm, I'm giving a nod to South Wind. I think the, they, they got too much offensively to, to move the ball tonight and put points on the board and march on to the next round. Davidson Academy's nine and two, but they have to come here to play Lausanne. Kevin LaCastro's team is nine and one. The Lynx rushed for over four hundred yards last week in their playoff win. But usually these teams from uh, Middle Tennessee are tough. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Dave. You know, football is huge in Middle Tennessee with the Titans being there in Nashville, and like you know, with us with, with the Grizzlies with basketball. But Kevin LaCastro has always been a a playoff savvy, worthy coach. Uh, he knows what to do. He knows what it takes. Uh, coming from our league uh, down to the league, lot where Lausanne is, and I tell you, he uh, will have his guys ready to go. Like you said, that last week, 400 yards on the ground. Uh, Chris Jordan, the defensive coordinator, played good, tough, stiff defense last week. I think they they get the win tonight over Davidson and uh, 
march on to the next round and try to keep going to the, toward that championship. North Point is 8-3. and three. Last week, their quarterback, Jack Patterson, who's a commit to Central Arkansas, but I think is much better than Division II level. Um, he's got to take on a team, Boyd Buchanan. They have not lost 11-0, and and they've got to go to Boyd Buchanan, which only allows 10 points a game. I got a feeling the North Point ride comes to an end tomorrow, tonight. Yeah, and like you said, Dave, that, that young man down there, Patterson, I, it's amazing that he hasn't got more big-time offers because he's done an amazing job leading his team this year. And what a great season for North Point. You know, they've been uh, winning games, and the, the atmosphere down there is electric. Uh, that stadium is tucked off in there, and that campus is real nice. But Boyle B. Cannon is a powerhouse, Dave. They've been a powerhouse for years. And you and I both know going on the road is a tough task, a tall task for any team uh, to accomplish. I think, like you said, Dave, Boyle B. Cannon gets the win, and uh, brings North Point season to a close this year. Christian Brothers at six and four has to go to Baylor eight and two. Um, both had buys last week in the regular season. Baylor beat them forty-eight nine. I got the feeling the brothers' season will end tonight. Yeah, Baylor was one of these teams. They that loaded. I mean, they got skilled guys all over the place. Uh, the quarterback is amazing. He can throw the ball. Will Muschamp's son. He can make every throw, and then. Defensively, they just fly around. They big up front with the defense line. They have linebackers that can run and athletic. Uh, and you know, like we I just said a minute ago, Dave, going on the road to Chattanooga, you know, it's a six-hour ride. It's a tough trip. Uh, and you know, just these teams in Nashville and Chattanooga out in East Tennessee, uh, they're just hard, hard games to win. And when you got a chance to win, it's a tough game, but it's a tall task to to beat a team uh, twice. But I think. Uh, Baylor has the ammunition to do that in, in, in Christian Brothers' season this week. All right. And then final game, Union City 8-3. and three, They go and play here against Mays. That's Cedric's Miller team, 9-1. and one, And Mays is looking for their second straight trip to the quarterfinals. Will they make it, Glenn Rogers Jr.? Yeah, I think Cedric will make it. He's got a lot of firepower. And, and congratulations to him being one of our Liberty Bowl uh, all-star uh, head coaches and you know, I think uh, Sid has enough uh, fuel in the tank left, you know, guys on his offense and defense to get a win at home and, and march on to the quarterfinal, to, to the uh, quarterfinal round and uh, keep his hopes alive for bringing home a gold ball. All right, my friend. Uh, good luck to your team tonight as you hope to move on. I know it'll be fun watching at Ridgeway and Park, and we will chat with quarterfinals at stake next week. Absolutely, Dave. Thank you very much. Go Tigers, go and go out. There you go. That is our coach. That is Glenn Rogers Jr. He's brought to you by a guy who's like a coach, too. That's Sheldon. Sheldon Rosengarten, Mark Stensbensdorf. Uh, you know, it's pretty crazy to think about somebody telling you to call their competition. But that's what my guy, Sheldon with Mark Spensorf, that's what he does. He tells people that if they're thinking of selling their home, talk to two or three real estate brokers. Just make sure he's one of them. Now, that sounds crazy, right? But that's why people often say when you want the job done, you call Sheldon because he's got that highly successful strategic marketing program. It's like the analytics of a coach that can make the difference in what you make and when you make it, he may be the worst golfer in town. They may call him Mr. Three-Putt. But if you listen to him guide you through the process, that's preparation, presentation, proper pricing, the P's, you'll see why they call him Sheldon because he gets you to the closing table. You'll love it when it's all done and it says your house is sold. All you got to do is reach him at 483-0546 or go to memphisrelocate.com. That's Sheldon Marks Bensdorf. Back in a minute to Chicago, we will go. We'll talk NBA with our agent from Priority Sports. That's Andy Schiffman. He's right around the corner. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ.
Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. So much going on. I, uh, I think we have many reasons to celebrate. Hey, maybe tomorrow night I forgot to mention the women's soccer team hosting LSU, 7 o'clock, South Campus, NCAA women's soccer, if we... We're able to move on to that. I think you want to celebrate. Maybe you want to get something from Grind City Brewing because they've been taking care of beer in Memphis. That's right. You heard me. Taking care of beer in Memphis. That's Grind City, which was the dream several years ago of a father and son. And now, man, is it ever successful. Beautiful grounds downtown, just north of downtown, a few blocks with a great view of the rivers, the skyline, the bridges, a picnic area. It's really nice. And inside the modern brewery that is very, very cool. And where you can get just what the doctor ordered, Poppy's Pills, the Pilsner. You can get the God Hopper. That's the pale ale that everybody likes. I think that's the number two seller. The new Amber Lager, that's called the Thaddeus. There is a blue moonish beer called Belga which is a Belgian-style wheat ale. You can get these, by the way, anywhere. All the spirit shops. I'll tell you later about Eddie Connor and the spirit shop at Poplar and St. Nick. But you really should go downtown and see what this is like and go inside and get it fresh. Time to celebrate. The way you do that is you go to Grind City Brewing, which is taking care of beerness in Memphis. Andy Schiffman in Chicago. Our agent from Priority Sports talks with us every Friday about the NBA. So if I said to you, Mr. Schiffman, that the Grizzlies would start off 1-7 and seven this year, what would you have told me? Dave, good morning. I mean, even without Ja, I still would have found that hard to believe. Uh, yet here we are. So it's been a little bit frustrating to watch as a Grizzlies fan. Uh, they're just shorthanded and it's very unfortunate because with a fully healthy Grizzlies team, and even without Ja, which you saw last year, if you have healthy bodies out there, they can still compete. And uh, I know they competed the other night against Miami at home, and they almost had a nice win, but they, they're still coming up short. So it's, it's been a frustrating start to the season here in these first eight games. Uh, there, there is no question about it now. You know, you're in the business. Are you hearing any rumblings? Will the Grizzlies... Wait till Jock comes back to see if they should pull the trigger on anything, um, and, and or or is there something in the works right now? You know, I don't believe so. I haven't heard anything. And the way the rules are in the NBA, the first important deadline where free agents who you signed over the summer can be traded is December fifteenth. Uh, that is shortly before Jaw is supposed to make his debut for this twenty three twenty four season with Memphis. So I don't suspect there are going to be any moves being made and the pieces that the Grizzlies would be willing to part with. I just really don't know if there are any buyers right now for those pieces. Uh, different story come February, though. I think once Jock comes back and really throughout the month of January, I think we will then see who is this Grizzlies team? What are they made of? Uh, we'll get a, a real depiction of their success or or shortcomings this year and then you could definitely see them try to be aggressive and act in the trade deadline but keep in mind that's not till february i and and i know it's one and seven so it's about a tenth of the season really but mm -hmm. i well the lakers were zero and five last year i think they might have been two and ten something like that. And, of course, they got to the second round of the playoffs. They made some moves. Austin Reeves emerged. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's too early to totally write off the Grizz or to panic. But if, if you listen to talk shows around here or look at message boards, uh, there's some panic. Well, absolutely. I believe it. That's how Memphis basketball fans are uh, ever since the Grizzlies came to Memphis, even when I was in, back in high school watching these games you get so emotionally sucked into every single game, whether it's a win, whether it's a loss, whether it is in November or February or beginning of April at the end of the season. And rightfully so, that's what's great about Memphis basketball fans. But to your point, objectively speaking, in this industry, in this league, there's going to be so many ebbs and flows throughout the season. Injuries will happen. Uh, so I, there should be no reason to panic. 
keep in mind, this time last year, Dave, we were all surprised by the two front runners in the NBA and out of the West, uh, first and foremost with Utah and Portland. Those teams came out of the gate scorching hot, and I don't believe either. I know Portland, I don't believe either of them ended up making the playoffs. And right. so uh, it's much too early. They're not even fully healthy. They don't have their franchise player back. There's going to be so much variation throughout the season. You're talking about one and seven, but you know, you only lose by uh, two in that first Portland game in overtime. The Miami game, it was close the other night. They lost by six, but they had moments where they were trying to crawl back into it. And even early in the season, you look at the first few games, right? You got New Orleans at home, Zion's back healthy, you lose by seven. Obviously, I know a lot of these games at the end is just garbage time where they can claw their way back into it in a meaningless game. But besides a Dallas game uh, or the other Utah game on the road, the first November, all these games were they were not blowouts. No, uh, they're competing, and so now it's just you know again the next thing is how do we get over that hump? How do we got we got a Utah team that's also struggling at home tonight? Try and win that one. Then you do have a very tough, a uh, little bit of a West Coast swing. I'll be out in L.A. at that Lakers game next Tuesday, so maybe I'll bring some good luck. But they got the Clippers, the Lakers back-to-back on the road. San Antonio on the road, which is not easy, even though it's San Antonio. Boston at home. Houston is playing well. You got them on the road. Then you got back home with Phoenix and Minnesota and Utah. So, like we talked about last week, unfortunately, uh, you're looking at maybe four wins total, if, you, if you're lucky, through the month of November. But... We've also seen this Grizzlies team before, right, where all of a sudden they string together uh, 12 to 15 wins in a month the second half of the season. So why can't that happen? Right. And the Grizzlies are actually five-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. Everybody talks about Stephen Adams being out. But your guy, that's Brandon Clark, he's also been out. Mm-hmm. There is a chance that he comes back, right? I mean, what what is sort of his goal of yeah, getting look, back? There, there's... There's a chance, but the Grizzlies front office and the training staff, they're not going to rush it. He, they're not going to put him out there and say, you know what, we need to win this game to make the playoffs. We have to go out there and play at 20 minutes. They're not going to risk Brandon's health and obviously future health uh, for that to happen. I would, say, I would say this. It's too early to tell if and when BC might come back, if at all this season. I do believe if he does come back this season, you're not going to see him before February. That's as I sit here today in November 10th. Uh, but it's not a foregone conclusion that we'll even see Brandon at some point this season because it's going to be up to the discretion of the training staff and Brandon, obviously, with, with our input as the staff here, if he is truly ready. Because coming back from an Achilles injury, it's not like a sprained ankle. There's a huge, we talk about it on this show, right? You and I, right. there's a huge right. mental component to it, especially for someone like Brandon, whose game is heavily predicated upon his athleticism. Well, the Achilles has a lot to do with that, right? So sure. they have to make sure that not only is he physically ready to go out there and be efficient and productive in a Grizzlies uniform, but there's a mental aspect of that as well, which I think a lot of people take for granted or overlook, but it's a huge piece to this, uh, this injury and this recovery. But in that same uh, mind frame, is isn't it important to come back um, and 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 get back in playing shape uh, and get your body back used to that? Because the longer you're off, the harder it seems to me to come back. Not you know he's a young guy, so he should be able to. Right. But wouldn't you rather just take off the year like? time calendar year come back at the end of this season so that your body sort of gets used to it again and then you're really ready to go next year then all that time waiting and coming back so rusty i don't know seems to me there would be a benefit to coming back uh in the time frame of about a year the normal achilles healing time period i think a lot of it Dave, will depend on the circumstances of where we are in the season right first off he has to be fully healthy i right. do think if he's fully healthy, 100%, no issues whatsoever, behind closed doors, he's had a couple good weeks of practices where he's out there playing five-on-five five with absolutely no issues, yeah, then we'll see him. I think there's a high likelihood we'll see him. And to your point, we don't want to, this to happen, obviously. I don't want to speak into existence, but if we get to 
the middle or end of March, and the Grizzlies are so far removed from the playoffs that they're just going to play the young guys and develop the, the Kenny Loftons and the David Roddy's of the world and the, the Jake Arabias and the Gigi Jacksons, then maybe you throw Brandon out there for a number of games uh, and kind of use that as a little bit of a rehab stint, almost like baseball when you're going down to the minor leagues. Because I don't see, I don't see Brandon really kind of rehabbing or playing any games with the hustle. Uh, but they could use those meaningless games at the end of the season if they do arise to get Brandon back out there and just mentally accepting that, you know what, I can go back and play 5-on-5 five five in an NBA game. The, the flip side of this is, look, if these games matter and they're fighting for playoff positioning, uh, there might be an argument to say, you know what, we don't really need BC. We don't want to now insert a new player into the lineup that has not played with the other guys out there all season, plus the potential unfair expectations on Brandon, we might just sit him and utilize him in practice and behind closed doors and then take the summer to really get him back out there and ramp it up to the point where we get into training camp next fall and it's just good as new. Okay, well, <laughs> basically what I'm getting that message is don't count on BC this year. And and, and I hear you. I, I really do. All right. Well, I, I would just say it's too early to say. Uh, you know, it's, okay. it's hard to say, but I, I don't want to sit there and say you're going to see him and then all of a sudden you're calling me. We're having this conversation three or four months from now, and I'm singing a different tune or vice versa. Right. No, it, very loyally of me. It, 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 it depends. Seriously, obviously. It, it's, it's, it's dependent upon what his um, – healing uh, time frame is uh, and everybody's different uh, and then I guess the Grizzlies will also have a say in this as to whether or not they want to put a guy that hasn't played all year into the mix and where they are in the season uh, we, we, we get all of that now alright Harden James Harden we talk about him every week so it seems they haven't won a game since he was activated by the Clippers to play with them hard for me to see that the four of them that's Paul George Kawhi Leonard <laughs> Uh, Harden and Russell Westbrook could all coexist. There's only one ball to be played. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that they face on the road, they're in Brooklyn, which is another place that Harden kind of PO'd the fans. They're yelling Daryl Morey, the GM in, in Philly that got crossways with Harden. He's shooting free throws, and they're yelling that at James Harden. This is going to be a difficult year for Harden and this group. Do you see them really coming together, the Clips? It's a risk. I'd love to say yes. Uh, we represent a couple of the Clippers guys, Mason Plumley, who just went down with a knee injury that'll be out for a couple of months potentially, and then their rookie Kobe Brown, uh, first round draft guy, Missouri. So I watch a lot of the Clippers, and I do root for them uh, as a team because I would like to see them succeed. But I, I wish I could say otherwise. I don't really see them gelling to the point where they're just going to take off and start dominating. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but. You, I, in my opinion, Dave, I think you see more often than not these experiments where you're just throwing a bunch of stars together, all of which have egos, all of whom have egos. More often than not, you don't see that work, right? It does work. You saw it with LeBron and, and D-Wade and Chris Bosh in Miami, obviously, but it really didn't work in Brooklyn. With Maybe it's a hard, maybe Harden is the, the, the common denominator here, which very well could be the case because you didn't see it work with Ben Simmons, Durant, right. no. um, you know, Harden, Kyrie, when obviously Ben Simmons was flipped, uh, when Harden went to Philly and you didn't see it really work. I mean, look, 76ers had success with Embiid and Harden, but on the court, right? Off the court, there was chaos and turmoil to the point where we're at now where you get rid of Doc Rivers, primarily because he doesn't gel well with Embiid and Harden. Uh, you underachieve as a team. Harden's unhappy going into this season. He's holding out, and now all of a sudden you have to give him up. And he's going to a new team. Um, I, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe think, you know what, I'm going to L.A. I'm going to get this right. There's a level of excitement about me. You know, with, with, if I'm James Harden, right, I'm stepping into a new, a new environment and kind of feeling refreshed. Uh, that's tough to do because I don't really think um, he can take a backseat to a, a guy like Paul George or Kawhi who's proven it's their team. This is their Clippers team. You obviously added Russell Westbrook last year, but Harden needs the ball in his hands. And when he does not have the ball in his hands, Dave, he, he doesn't really exert a whole lot of effort. We've seen that. doesn't really try defensively. And that's just who he is. 
So you're not expecting him to change that all of a sudden just because he's in the West now and putting on a new uniform. So I don't know. I, I'd, I'd probably bet against the Clippers for this working out. Not to say they're not going to make the playoffs because they are, they are very talented, but how far can they go? I do think there's a little bit of a ceiling there. I'm with you. I, I, I don't see it working, but we shall see. Um, from a player's perspective, and that's what you give us as an agent of many players, what's your take on Giannis getting ejected after dunking a basketball? It turned out it was his second tech, so he got ejected. He never really even said anything to the guy, grimaced, and then no. he did that too small sign where you put your – uh, palms to the floor and by your knees, basically saying the guy's too short or whatever it was, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and out he went. I don't see that as being a good thing for the game. What what was the reaction? I don't know. It was in Milwaukee. I was watching that game. It was a heck of a game against Detroit, who came back, and uh, our guy Marcus Sasser had a heck of a game as well against the Bucks that night, but they still fall short. But, yeah, I don't think it was warranted. Uh, Giannis is not – a, a character in this league, right? He's not someone that drums up drama and is all always in the mix like like we saw with Dylan Brooks last year. Obviously, you see that a lot with Draymond. That's not who he is. And now you're at home. I, I think that ejection for sure was unwarranted, but it's just so fickle, right? Because you see what happens with him getting ejected in that game at home just a couple nights ago against Detroit, right? And then right. I watched their game last night when they were in Indiana, and they were on the road. Giannis, when the Bucks are making this great comeback in the second and third quarters after getting blasted the first quarter, Giannis is putting his head down every single possession just driving the basket. And there must have been four or five straight possessions where he was getting an and-one call. And the Pacers were just throwing their hands up, um, just resigned to what else could we be doing and a lot of it is probably based on who's refereeing that night. And some of these are, look, the NBA refereeing, it's not objective. It's not black and white. Obviously, there are obvious calls, but a lot of it is subjective. And it's just, you kind of saw one end of the spectrum and the other. And maybe he had so many calls go in his favor last night that might not have at home against the Pistons, maybe because the league said something, you know what, we, we wrongfully right. uh, handed out an ejection against the Pistons the other night, so let's give a little more leniency. I look, I understand that that could have been a conversation that potentially was had. I'm not saying it was among the, the NBA refs, but it would not surprise me based on what I saw last night. Yeah, you have 54 in that game against Indy, by the way, yeah. and, and they lost. Indy, they still lost. Indy is playing well. Okay, last thing, all great. last thing real quick. And that is your guy, Steve Kerr, announcing he's stepping away from the national team after the Olympic Games next year in Paris. Are you surprised, and why? I'm not so much surprised, and I don't want to get into too many personal reasons, but mm. obviously there's enough publicity out there with over the years. Uh, you know, he's had some health issues. He's had issues with his back that has, has led to some pretty extreme migraines over the last couple of years. And look, as an NBA coach, as a national team coach, you are in a world where you're constantly stressed. You're living minute by minute, possession by possession, trying to uh, outdo your opponent, which which leads to stress. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. I have not talked to Steve personally to get his understanding of why. Uh, I think there's something to be said for maybe some downtime in the offseason, because maybe, look at maybe this point, he looks up and he's like, you know what? I just coached USA national team in the World Cup. No break. We go right into training camp, right into the season. And now, if I'm looking up, and we got the Olympics next summer, hopefully, as a Warriors head coach, you're playing deep into the summer next year. There's something to be said for taking a breather. And so, I cannot fault anyone for that. Uh, that could be the reason I just really haven't pegged those questions to him and gotten got an answer directly from him. As always, we appreciate it. We'll reconvene next Friday. we got lots of stuff that we can talk about. We are in full swing in the NBA. Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks, Dave. Have a good weekend. You got it. That's our agent. That is Andy Schiffman in Chicago. He's brought to you by Conway. Reputable services available seven days a week. If you've got a problem, heating, plumbing, cooling, electric, Conway to the rescue. Just call 3384 30 
5-11. And this portion of the show brought to you by Matt Afflin, the Afflin Insurance Team. That is insurance the collaborative way. They get you down and sit with you and get to know you and what your family's all about, what's important to you, what your budget is, and then they protect your car, your home, and your family with life insurance. That's what Matt and his crew do. Same thing with mid to small size businesses. If you've got one of those, he's going to know your product, your employees, what's important, forecast out your business, what's your budget, and then finds the perfect insurance to protect your business. All you got to do is call 901-386-GUR-4777-GUR because they are huge Tiger supporters. That's the Eflin Insurance Team protecting you, your family, your business, the collaborative way. Back in a minute, Brian Dacus will end our week talking Tigers. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Lonely feeling deep inside. Talking about everything that's going on, I f- f- forgot to mention. I mean, the Grizz tonight, Tigers tonight, Tiger football tomorrow, high school football playoffs tonight. You know what else happens tomorrow? It's really cool, very exciting, especially if you love tennis. The Leftwich Tennis Center opens tomorrow. There will be free clinics, 24 outdoor courts, 12 indoor courts. I mean, this is a palace. Very exciting if you're a tennis person. So just a reminder, it's free. I would check it out tomorrow. Leftwich Tennis Center is opening up. All right. uh, I give you your choice. Bryant Dacus, who you will listen to today, 3 to 6. Actually, you'll listen to him with Johnny Radio because you're – I think you own these airways now. The rest of the day, Um, I guess. You want to talk football? You want to talk basketball? Basketball's tonight. Hmm. Football's tomorrow. Both are pretty important. Yeah. I mean, I I, I want to talk both. Let's uh, let's start with uh, basketball in that game tonight. Okay. Tigers are three and a half point underdogs. Mm-hmm. Is the wrong team? Are the wrong Tigers Ooh, like favored? Uh, they I very well could be. I mean, we know uh, home court advantage means a lot. And I, I saw um, actually right before I, I headed up this way that it's sold out at Missouri tonight. So it's going to oh, be it's going to be a great. Atmosphere. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere. They even I mean they they had a, over eleven thousand for their first game against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. So I mean this fan base uh, is really excited about Dennis Gates and, and what he did last year. And and so a sold out crowd tonight should be a great environment. And uh, I think it should be a great game. I mean you look at the backcourt for uh, for Missouri. It's pretty good. They brought in some transfers. They brought some guys back. Um, last year, a, a pair of, of guards that are, um, I think, f- they're in their fifth year, so veteran guards. Well, everybody's um, in their fifth year Right, now, yeah. Um, but the front court is, is the question mark. I mean, we know Connor Vanover isn't going to play. Um, they've got some uh, some young guys uh, in the front court that are, um, you know, not proven. And, and one thing, Dennis Gates, uh, with his front court guys, um, and, and Connor Vanover is, is kind of... Um, the exclamation point of this is he likes to get big guys that can shoot the ball. And uh, Connor Vanover takes a lot of threes. Yeah. Um, and, and so do the rest of these big guys. And, and rebounding, size, physicality is a question mark with these bigs. And we know the Tigers have two guys down low, a couple guys down low, um, two or three. Uh, if you throw Nick Jordan in there, who I was really impressed with um, in that first game Monday, they've got some guys that can be physical down there. And, and so, uh, you know, if they can, if they can uh, you know, make it a point to get the ball inside, be physical down low, rebound. Um, which will be huge tonight. Uh, you know, I, Memphis could very well go on the road and, and get a win. Gates is a good coach. He's there, there, there's no question yeah. about it. But I, I'm telling you, if I've got a 7-5 guy, <laughs> I, I don't mind in the course of, if you're playing a perimeter offense, in the case of the motion of the setup mm-hmm. for actions, if a guy takes a couple of threes. Yeah. But if i got a guy who's 7-5, I want him mostly yeah. in the paint. Yeah, no, I And agree. I want him getting offensive rebounds yeah. if we miss. Yeah, and, and I was actually shocked. I was reading uh, something yesterday about um, these kind of guys that, that Dennis Gates has added, and he was talking about Connor Vanover, and he was like, yeah, you know, the, the three-point shot is what really you know drew me into him, and you know, he talked about Connor Vanover for a little bit, and then he moved to another 7-foot, uh, because I think they have— He's got a 7-2 guy. Yeah, he didn't play guy. the other night either. Right, and then he has a freshman who's 7-foot, so he has— 
about three seven footers on his roster, and he he transitions from Connor Vanover. Talked to this other seven footer and goes, well, he's got a, a prettier shot than Connor Vanover. And I was like, oh, what do these guys rebound? You know, what do what do they do inside? So you know that could be a a thing that that the Tigers take. They grabbed a lot of rebounds against um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, but I think uh, Memphis will match up uh, a little more physical than than Pine Bluff did. I do. I like the tight Memphis Tigers in yeah. this game, uh, but but there is. Definitely an intimidation Absolutely. factor to you know the name of the group that at least used to be. I think it's still the same. You know what they call their 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 student <sighs> section? I I've heard it before, but I, I, don't, they, I can't remember. Oh, it, they got under the skin of. A, I'm going back years. <laughs> um, I think it was Marvin Alexander. They 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 talked about his mother or something. It really Lord. upset him. He went like was going to go after him. They're called the Antlers. The antlers, and interesting. They're crazy. I, I don't know if they're still the same, huh. but the fact is, it is a sellout, and sure. it will truly be the first test. And without Penny, now you you do have Rick Stansberry, That's a good who's alternative. Been a coach for over yeah. forty years. He's seen everything, mm-hmm. um, and, and I thought did a really good job of filling in. And oh, yeah. he made sure he let it be known he's just filling in, yes. doing whatever Penny told him to do. Uh, the Change in the starting lineup, mm. bringing in Malcolm and Nicholas Jordan yeah. to replace Caleb Mills and Jordan Brown. Mm-hmm. And the Penny explanation was, I, I need scoring in the second group. Mm-hmm. And those two guys, um, they're going to not get as many yeah. if they stay with the first group. Kind of makes sense, but man, yeah. I want my best players out there. I it, it'll be. I got the feeling this 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 year. There's not going to be any set lineups. No, and and we've kind of seen that uh, a lot of years with with Coach Hardaway in these teams. And I think uh, this whole offseason, it's been a conversation about the amount of talent you're bringing in. All these guys coming in, most of them were leading scorers, leading shot takers for their teams, um, or, or, or key contributors. And so, how do you make that work? And so, you know, it's an interesting idea if you can, um, if you've got guys that can maybe put their egos aside and, and say, yeah, I'll come off the bench and, and and do what I need to do for this team. Then then yeah, sure. Um, but you're right. I mean, uh, I. I think you know, having Jordan Brown in there in the starting lineup, I think makes that, that starting group better. Um, but I thought Malcolm uh, played well in that first game. And uh, so, Malcolm's uh, in shape now; he's yeah, going to help out absolutely. No which way? And uh, honestly, Mills and Brown mm-hmm. got over twenty minutes each, yeah. so they're they're getting starters minutes, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what happens. Um, it'll 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 be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I made this prediction. I'll stand by it. I love your take. I said yesterday, in every game, Mm -hmm. all year, every game, either Jones or Walton will be good. One of the two. Some games, maybe both. But there's not going to be a stinker game for Mm -hmm. both. All games, one of those two will be good, and that's why they'll be in every game. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I heard you say that uh, yesterday to to Jarvis Greer, and uh, I agree. I mean, I, I it's the, both those guys are so fun to watch, and uh, I wasn't able to go to either of the exhibition games, so Monday was really the first time I got to see both those guys in a Tiger uniform, and uh, was really impressed. I mean, Jaquan Walton comes out, scores the first seven points, uh, eleven of the first twelve, and uh, really looked good early. David Jones had a couple turnovers early. I think both those guys finished with five. Five, um, but I mean, both on the offensive end are, are just so much fun to watch, and I, I think you're right. I mean, it's gonna be hard to to stop both those guys. Now well, we get our first real sense. That'll be tonight, yep. eight o'clock. I think it's on the SEC Network. Okay, now football. Yeah, travels to Charlotte. First time Memphis and Charlotte ever play. Mm-hmm. Tigers have played on that campus before. I don't even know if that stadium's on campus, but uh, they have a nice basketball arena, yeah, which yeah. Memphis will be mm-hmm. visiting in the future now because they're in the league. Haven't played them in football. Here's a brand new team. Yeah, Their coach, character of a guy, <laughs> has 70 new players. Yeah. 39 of them, I think, are from Power mm-hmm. 5. Uh, I looked at the two deep. That's 44 guys. Yeah. 35 of those are from different schools mm-hmm. a year ago. I yeah. mean, it's the way of the world now. Mm-hmm. And this guy was a hedge fund manager, so he knows how to manage funds. <laughs> yes. And he's supposed to be top 30 in NIL budgets. And we're told that budget is $3 million. <laughs> That's crazy. So Memphis isn't even in that no. league. Uh-uh. So they're going to be good from here on out because this guy's buying teams. Oh, yeah. He's got three different quarterbacks, but the guy that bailed him out last week walk-on was a walk-on yeah. so go figure why do you think that line has gone from 11 down to nine 
Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, and it might have to do with uh, with the availability of, of Seth Hennigan and Blake Watson. But, you know, this Charlotte team, I've been fascinated with Biff Pogey ever since he took the, the job at Charlotte. I've been following this team closely. Um, I think I've watched uh, all their games this year, most from, from start to finish. Um, so this team's interesting. They're not very good offensively. Um, they are they're much better defensively. Um, and, and you mentioned the walk-on, uh, Texler Ivy. Um, he and, and Jalen Jones have been kind of splitting time Time this year, Jalen Jones, uh, the other quarterback that came in from Bethune Cookman, um, and, and really is just a runner. Um, uh, you yeah. know, is, is not much of a, a of a pass thrower. He's more of a running quarterback. Leads the team um, in running, and so um, they think he might be able to play on Saturday. Um, but uh, I think Texler Ivy will get the start. He's listed as the starter on the depth chart. Um, so you know, it's an interesting team. But you know, you look, you mentioned all those transfers. I'm interested to see what Biff Pogey and you said. You mentioned the NIL. If you look at this roster, most of those guys that he brought in are guys that played for him at St. Francis Academy in Maryland when he was a high school coach. So, you know, these are all guys that he has long connections with, a lot of guys from Michigan where he was um, before taking this head coaching job. But uh, it's an interesting team. I think uh, if the Tigers, you know, hopefully Seth Hennigan um, can play, I I think he'll probably try to give it a go. Um, But they, they want to get out and, and score a lot of points, get that offense going, because Charlotte wants a game that's, you know, 14-7, 21-7, a low-scoring, ugly game where they really just try to, to make one of the teams, either Memphis or themselves, grind out a victory. All right, last thing, tough question for you okay. here. Okay. It's raining right now in Charlotte. <laughs> okay. It's supposed to be cloudy tomorrow. Okay. High's only 61, low of 50. Ooh. We're playing in the afternoon, so it'll yeah. probably be up for 50s. Sure. Does Poji wear shorts and sleeveless shirt. Uh, ooh, good question. Um, I say, oh, yes. I say yes too. Yeah, I, I, he it, loves the spotlight. It's, it's, this is a crazy look at me kind he of does. a guy. And he, he has the hat every game that says "Run the dang ball." I mean, he's a he's a character. I think Memphis defense maybe steps up in this game. That offense struggles this, this we, year for we, Charlotte. We'll see. I mean, can 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 they, they've they've got a defensive end who's really good. Really from Michigan, he's a five star yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and he, he didn't play last week. Well, yeah. they got another defensive end on the other side mm-hmm. that didn't play yeah. last week. All those guys are coming back yeah. for this game. And, and and so if Memphis, if Blake Watson plays and can play with the kind of – he's he, he's on pace to yeah. break a grand, a 1,000 yards. Yeah. If he can, I, I don't see how Memphis will lose this game. I, I My gut feel is Hennigan and, and Watson will play, but we're not going to yeah. know <laughs> until game time because all these coaches know. Yep. It's all game time mm-hmm. stuff. It's all oh, – they're yeah. not letting you know uh, a darn nope. thing. Thank you, my friend. Have a great Thank week. Thank you, Dave. We appreciate it. Final portion of this show is brought to you by the good folks at the Spirit Shop. Yes, I've told you all the great things that – are coming this weekend, and I know you want to celebrate, and the best place to go get those spirits to celebrate are the Spirit Shop. That's Eddie Connor's place in the heart of East Memphis, right at Poplar and St. Nick. That's 4848 Poplar. It's that little log cabin you've passed by just down from Clark Tower. You've seen it a million times. There's a million things in there. There's valuable bourbon. There's up-and-coming wines. There's bargains. There's middle of the road. And there's an education that Eddie and his crew will give you. Any question you have about spirits, I promise you, Eddie Connor knows the answer from the history to the distribution to the way it all works. He's incredible. He's fun to talk to. And good prices. Great service. Right there. Easy to get to in the heart of East Memphis. It's the Spirit Shop. Tell them we sent you. Say hello to Eddie. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll reconvene on Monday. We'll talk to you from Charlotte tomorrow.